and welcome to the Tea and Grumpets podcast. You are listening to part two of our wrestling look back and look forward through the childhood lens of Liam and Glenn. I am one of your hosts, Glenn. And I'm Liam. And we are going to uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I was worried about my recording equipment. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. We, because we were splitting this, we always knew we were splitting this episode up into two. Uh, I was very uh, primed for... Uh, going to check how we ended that last hour which when we checked it back i was just talking about a uh, big boss man's belly <laughs> uh, is, no, not, not quite where we are glenn's more used to podcasting than i am but uh I, I was really worried that we're not covering or giving credit to how good some of these wrestlers were and um in the period that we were watching it and in the period where i faded off it glenn hung around for longer than i did um, the Undertaker came into the f- into the fore, and he, he kind of went on in the whole era where I wasn't watching it anymore. And only in the last year, seven months, uh, the Undertaker, what's his real Mark name? Mark Calloway. Mark Calloway has started to give interviews as himself, which is uh, seems ridiculous to be so shocked by it. But he's just the completely avuncular guy. Like, well, yeah, Hulk Hogan's a good guy, but. Uh, uh, I guess wrestling was just a way to pay the bills. But, you know, it's so ridiculous to hear him. It makes him seem like the best actor since Marlon Brando. He's just like absolutely nothing like the performance he gave, which was an incredible performance. Uh, he seemed invincible, mm-hmm. didn't he, at the time when he came in. Do you remember when he came in? I, I watched a few things. of. Um, he came in. This is obviously and... in the context of us being 12, 13, um, where... The idea of someone being invincible is utterly ridiculous because obviously it was, you know, results are adjudicated by the the company. Now I'm going to tell a story about when he came and in, and it's, uh, you'll remember this story. Is uh, it was Survivor Series '91, I think. Uh, well, that's when we first saw him. Just to say, I saw a documentary that said he'd actually been introduced in smaller scale things like superstar mm. wrestling they just were not aired before that ah. anyway you yeah, carry um so basically he he, he versus um he came in and he, he rose through the ranks very quickly um and he took on hulk hogan at survivor series and it was 1991 here it was and what happened was is hulk hogan was taking on the undertaker in the gravest challenge and Rick... In Survivor Series, I thought that was groups. I thought he was... No, that, a... that's when they started yeah. doing, like, yeah. single matches as well. And uh, Rick Flair... It's actually in the Joe Lewis arena, funny enough. Uh, Rick Flair put a uh, chair in the ring, and Undertaker did a... Uh, I'm putting this chair in the ring. Like, onto the down. chair without the referee looking, weirdly enough. And uh, he beat Hulk Hogan. And I can remember being so upset about this. And God, I was 11. This is really embarrassing. I phoned you up and burst into tears because Hogan had lost. Um, no, no. You couldn't have been 11. You'd have been older. Right. I think you'd have given yourself too much credit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, 1991. So I would have just been on the cusp of 12. Other, Jeez. other boys at this point were like chasing girls. We were like, oh, God, Hulk Hogan's lost his title. Yeah, it's like, oh, boo-hoo. And I phoned you up. And... Um, yeah, and I was so upset that he'd lost. And that was it, and he, and he was in, yeah. and then Hulk Hogan won the... I think I took that in the seriousness that it and was... And told everyone uh, at school. It deserved. <laughs> but I remember you saying, like, there's this new wrestler. I think I was fading out quicker than you. You were into it before me. I certainly enjoyed it as much mm. as you. Um, but when, when I, I remember The Undertaker's, like, coming into it, and it was almost like... It was like the modern era, <laughs> relatively. Yeah, he was... But he was so scary-seeming. I mean, it was such an excellent performance. All he had was a bit of purple, like, uh, mascara or whatever it was underneath his eye. Like, But the music and everything, it was incredible. I mean, it was the best performance of a character since Jake the Snake. And Jake the Snake never had the credit to... Uh... No, Jake the Snake definitely you know, win titles or whatnot, you know. Yeah, you he know. never did. Uh, he never did have the 
the credit he deserved because he, he was he definitely delivered Jake the Snake delivered the best promo in WWF, um, which was you know at the time I don't think we really appreciate just how good he was. Um, like no, I mean it's interesting to me that I liked him as much as I did, and I think I picked up on like I guess him being cool, but uh, but he lost a lot of the matches I was interested in, and yeah, it's amazing how much the character drove it through. I never wanted to buy a figure of Jake the Snake, but I remember when I first saw him, I was like, wow, he is, he is something else. Again, back to the homoeroticism of uh, <laughs> And WWF. snakes, and uh, being like, ooh, snakes, they're sexy. No, no, I had no interest in snakes. It's weird that you, you're quite a lizard man these days. Uh, <laughs> or amphi- amphibian. Yeah, I declare myself as the new lizard king. I'm like, I am the lizard king. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, get him down, he's naked. <laughs> but seeing um, when The Undertaker came in when I was kind of like getting bored of it and I was like not not even bored of it but uh, hey I'm a teenager now I should be into mm. music but I'm going to write in excess on my DMV <laughs> 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 yeah Glenn's like I'm still into wrestling I'm like throwing it away and like putting on a crowded house t-shirt <laughs> like, I'm cool now but I like Morrissey like, yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't say that. He's a racist now. <laughs> Apparently, everyone's a racist now. Um, but, you know... Well, you want to edit, edit Oh, well, well, no. no. Well, it's just these things, isn't it? Like, you know, thinking back, what we were talking about last episode, and I'll, I'll mention it now, was uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Some of the awful promos he did. Like, and I, I don't even know how they la- they allowed them on TV. Like, he called the Junkyard Dog an awful black man. Um, on TV, it was left in. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. It's like well, but, I mean, yeah, God, I mean, there was racial stereotypes were yeah, there there really was. There was a uh, there was. I mean, everywhere. I mean, even in the nineties, even in the early two thousands, I would yeah. argue. Yeah. And um, you know, and so in wrestling, it's so weird with wrestling because it's such broad types. It's, um, yeah, it's hard to get around it. To be, you know, to use a theatrical thing, they're almost Brechtian. It's like uh, you could play, you know, we didn't really talk about it, but when Hulk Hogan fought uh, Sergeant Slaughter and they used the Iraq War, people were, you know, of course, dying in that war, um, what some people consider an unnecessary war, and they used it as a. Uh, WWF as a promotion tool, you know, uh, yeah, as a promotion, as a uh, keeping it topical at the time, it seems ridiculous. Um, in retrospect, because of the style that WWF set out, uh, using big political things as part of their story, in the style that WWF had, is less weird than I don't know Rocky Four using. The Cold War is a backdrop. Yeah, geez, because, yeah Rocky, Rocky versus Because communism. WWF is a pantomime, by its very setup, it allows for you to bro- use broad strokes with uh, political stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I, I guess that goes back to the Iron Sheik, which was before Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it was the, uh, it was the fear of, it was basically it was almost like a, a promotion of xenophobia. Um. You think about it, it was like, these aren't American values, so they're wrong. And this is this is the enemy we've got to fight. Whereas... Well, yeah, you, you say that, and then it's interesting that the Ultimate Warrior, who was almost like neutral in terms of nationality, and they, they wanted him to be the front of it, and never quite worked out after Hulk they even did They even did an angle where they, they painted Bret Hart and all Canadians as baddies. Um he, he had a he had a run yeah. where it's like he's a baddie and Owen Hart's a baddie and he come down to the Canadian Canadian flag, um, and they'd get booed and have like anti anti Canadian things going on and it was almost it was a they painted yeah. a, a U.S. versus Canada thing where the British bulldog was like I'm siding with Canada because uh, you know I'm just I'm just I'm just there. And they brought Jim the Jim the Anvil yeah, Neidhart no, no. back as well. It's really weird. I mean. Yeah, the national stuff, but the the fact is, it was such a <laughs> it, it, it kind of allies with 
capitalism in general, where it's like it, almost irrelevant when it's to do with money making. Whatever will make people kind of scream and shout mm. is the thing that you'll go for. So, yeah, I never. I don't think I was ever into Hulk Hogan because of his Americanness. I just the look was so right. It was almost it was almost to do with the fact that red and yellow look so good. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I like Jake the Snake because I love these mullets. <laughs> yeah, not true. I like his moustache, says Liam. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but just, just, just to quickly to kind of because we've not mentioned him, and you know, he was in the era I was watching it. The uh, firstly, Brett and Hitman Hart was in term. Even when I didn't like wrestling, I could enjoy him because he was so technically or gymnastically interesting the way he would the moves he would pull and subsequently i've seen interviews with him where <clears throat> he's just clearly an interesting guy mm. um and the undertaker again it's only in the last seven months that he's given interviews as himself and he is just so nice i mean i love hearing that i love hearing someone's nice who you think might not be but his performance was incredible and and he's again technically good he's a mixture of technically good and a good performer. I mean, it's a, it's a real mixture of pantomime, um, athleticism, and uh, well, many things, uh, which I guess will bring us on to like a kind of reassessment of wrestling. I guess we'll have you watch it much longer than I did, but yeah, um, and uh, I think we can do a, a cheap segue into uh, the the documentaries we've recently watched regarding the actual wrestling business because when we were around uh we'll say when we were around when we were watching we're still around now (laughs) i think i am um (laughs) (laughs) um yeah when we when we were around i'm more alive uh we we were watching obviously wrestling but wrestling you didn't have the internet at the time you didn't have the behind the scenes stuff so we got a very small snippets of like interviews and the interviews were in like wrestling observer and wrestling eye which were Actually, the better magazines. <laughs> Which I never had. Uh, they were the better. You used to get them from a shop in Colchester. I used to go there and be like, "This is one particular news agent's down of Vineyard Steps that kept Wrestling Eye." Oh, oh quickly! Uh, do you remember that uh, the comic? Was, or was it in the wrestling magazine? No, the comic was separate. And Ultimate Warrior was bursting yeah. through, and and it was uh, he, he was training a rookie. <laughs> and I remember Glenn at the time. It was like it was the first Glenn. He was always susceptible to the hype. As was I, but maybe Glenn Moore. He was Glenn was the Vince McMahon to my actually. I don't know what I was, but I was just uh, contrary, let's say. And uh, but you know, so when he did the same, I was always happily pleased. But there was a <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a comic book, and it was um, the Ultimate Warrior. It was like. And he was, I think he was like uh, overhead pressing like dumbbells on a, on a bench <laughs> yeah. and like maybe some people sitting on an actual bench. And he was like pressing them above his head. He's just like, just 10 more. And the next uh, panel said like 10,000 more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember Glenn going like, how could you do 10,000? <laughs> Oh God, yeah, that was that's very very true, um... <laughs> but um, yeah, the the comic book was was great. It was also the time when we were getting into uh, comic books in general, or, or I certainly was, uh, and subsequently fell away. Same story with me and Glenn, and I think you know if you check Glenn's underpants, they'll still be spotted. <laughs> they, they they definitely are. Uh, yeah, still, still a big. I, I actually, do you know what? I've still got the comic book thing. No matter how good a comic book film they'll make, I'll still have that. Well, it's not the comics though, is it? Uh, even though they are, you know, superhero comics are the equivalent of like soap operas, where it's like every week you'll have something different. Like Green Goblin stole his girlfriend. Like, oh no! Like they're going to fight about it, <laughs> and then it's going to be reset back to the normal status quo. Um, Oh yeah, I remember with the comic book versions of wrestling, under the delusion that wrestling was real, it was a bit like it would have something like Undertaker stealing Ultimate Warrior's girlfriend and going off to the <laughs> Las Vegas to, to the cinema with them, and I was a bit like, do they go to the cinema? 
like as the undertaker like hope you're enjoying the film love like oh no the old warrior's here like that's my girlfriend <laughs> he's here in his face paint as well uh, the objectification there is uh quite stunning you know we've not talked about there was loads of women's wrestlers as well at the time but i i was a sexist 12 year old i guess and um not like now, where I hate all wrestling. <laughs> You're like, that's um, very specific. I just wanted to see... <laughs> no, no, no. I, I missed out on all the... I had a nephew who was into, like, Steve Austin and The Rock, and I remember just being... He would say it to me, but I was... In my head, I just had loads of... You know, just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like... I don't care <laughs> to quote the fugitive. Yeah, because um, I, I think I don't think I ever tuned back into wrestling after about. I must have been gone by nineteen ninety four, but I, I would kind of I play, still play the games, and that's how I kept up on who was in wrestling by oh, by playing yeah, games yeah, of it. Yeah. But even in the games, I still kind of longed for. I wanted to put Hulk Hogan in this. I wanted to put Macho Man in this. Um, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Why didn't we? You could just say it's maturity, but I've, I talked to another dad, like, a, you know, I take my daughter to a nursery, etc. And uh, there's a guy, he's actually a bit older than me, maybe a year or two. And I was like, oh, doing a podcast with my friend uh, about WWF. Did you ever watch it? And he was like, yeah. And he, he watched it in the period we watched mm. it. But he also watched it dotted about further on. And he was like, oh, yeah, he knew all the other wrestlers and... Um, and he was able to enjoy it for its pantomime. At the time, I think I got, got a bit serious and was like, no, this is ridiculous. I like serious films now. I'm a Robert De Niro fan. I don't care about The Undertaker. Yeah, which you could... Um, I actually watched a documentary the other day, and it was uh, one of the many I've watched in the run-up to this, which I've put to no use. And uh, Brett, Brett Hart was talking about, like, yeah, people say... He's, I think he actually said at one point, the best actors in the world are WWF wrestlers. <laughs> and I know what he means to some degree. Nevertheless, I'd like to see Bret Hart do wrestling. Yeah, and, so, and Robert De Niro's but, audition yeah. for the WWF was rejected. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, you can't do Taxi Driver again. It's like, that's my shtick. Um, <laughs> yeah, talking about the other media, it's like funny... I also ended up talking to him about uh, The Wrestler, ah, uh, yep. Darren Aronofsky film. And he mentioned it and he was like, and before he even finished the sentence, he said, like, the thing with The Wrestler is, and I was like, it's derivative of Beyond the Mat, which is, it's a debated documentary, but it is the best documentary mm. I've seen. Yeah, we both watched it wrestling. recently. And not only, and, and the only wrestler I really had any passing knowledge with is Jake the Snake is one of the people that focus on so you know this second part we'll talk a bit about that like um, Beyond the Mat excellent documentary even better this second time I watched it recently in the run up to this uh, gives you a real idea of yeah, like and this is what a thankless task it is to be a wrestler if only we knew that when we were like wrestling each other like we'll be wrestlers like yeah, we'll earn like £200 a week and have to eat loaves of bread between <laughs> stops in Tennessee. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's just how actually horrible a career it actually is. Um, and that, well, I mean, I guess they had loads of people chip. Yeah, well. Yeah, you, yeah, you do have great, the whole, you know, it's, it's, it's great. But it reminds me a lot of like um, like a lot of what the practices that go on in the games industry where some people are like pulling 100-hour weeks to get stuff done. But they have the, I work in video games. Whereas it's probably a lot more demanding than video games. It's still that, it's almost like they, they want to be wrestlers, but the promotion knows that. And they're fully aware of like, well, you won't get another gig like this, so we can pretty much do what we want. Um, yeah, 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 and that, yeah, that's kind of what they're exactly. taking. They have this talent pool of where they're, they're filtering people through and moulding them into these, um, into these wrestlers they want. And you see it in Beyond the Mat with like um, Vince McMahon. They've got that guy there who's, they're like, we're going to call you Puke. And your gimmick is you can puke on command. And uh, he gets that guy to actually throw up in the bin in his office. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he can't quite do it. And it's like, yeah. And it makes, when I first saw that, I thought Vince McMahon's being a bit of a knob. Um, and the thing is, 
you know, although it's not fake in terms of the the uh, athleticism that they're displaying, it is fake in terms of outcome. So it's closer to acting than maybe it is to other sports or somewhere in between. Yeah, it's... Um... Um, but, you know, I, when I watched it this just recently, I was like, not that I... It's very hard to like Vince McMahon, but um, I certainly felt like uh, it gave me some context to it and it makes sense. I mean, you know... Uh, what else is it? Is it is an entertainment industry? I mean, you, people even say that about boxing and boxing's okay. yeah dangerous in a different way. Like uh, I think I think the difference is when we were watching it is it was a lot more looser. Mm. And it's like well, you can just rely on these guys that they'll they'll choreograph their own match and they'll kind of pick up their cues and it's almost like an improv dance. Whereas now you know you have proper yeah. choreographers and they'll go through the match and they'll be rehearsing it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then they'll have like their final production when they actually go go out and do like the the stage in front of an audience. It's very 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 theatrical, and I think that's the part we. I actually remember thinking I thought it was a sport when I was a kid, and um, and I was I was I, don't know, I was yeah, really confused. I don't know if gave it that delineation, yeah. but I certainly. Um... I was confused because like my dad read the Sun newspaper. God knows why. Um, he read the Sun newspaper, and I, I remember being confused. Yeah, you keep those views to yourself, Glenn. Um, <laughs> and I can remember being confused. It wasn't actually in the sports section. I thought, why isn't this in the sports section? Um, and like, Glenn's like, hang on. Yeah, and it never occurred to me that it was fake. It really didn't at all. And well, I mean, you say it's fake. I mean, it's what they're doing to each other is real. Yeah. In fact. It's probably more real than the descriptions that, you know, you know, a, a DDT isn't as painful, but the very, it's probably worse for both of them as they yeah. dive down all over the place. Yeah, but, to this day, when I hit someone on the back of a chair, I, I expect them to get it's a unique. It's a unique, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you smack your child on the back of a chair, oh, he's got him. Yeah. But they, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, anyway, to the, beyond the mat, like... That brought up wrestlers, you know, as I said in the the other podcast or whatever, part one, um, WWF was, was what it was all about for me. Like, I was about the gloss. I remember when WCW was on, I think it was on ITV late night, and I remember thinking, oh, there's wrestling on. But it was even the very downgrading um, picture quality. I was like, no, I don't like this. It was all about the gloss. Uh, the magazines, you didn't get WWCW. Yeah, I, ha- I had a few Actually, of them. You did yeah, I did. Um, I, I, was, I did try switching over to WCW, but there was something so alien about it. And I think it was because of the fact it didn't have as much polish and it was, uh, it was more about wrestling than actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just shows you just all about gloss. So I, I've got no complaints about what it was because... I can even remember... But now, in retrospect, yeah. watching that, that Beyond the Mat, especially... Especially, I talk about all these wrestlers, Hulk Hogan. In retrospect, that documentary taught me about what I did like about it, which was the pantomime, <clears throat> acting, athleticism of it. Because, yeah, lots of people could never do any of the stuff that they were doing. In terms of pure stunts. No, no. no uh, probably apart from, like, Bust, Buster Keaton. <laughs> like, uh, the things they were doing at, you know... 17 stone or 240 pounds of weight uh, depending mm. on what metric you're using it's just ridiculous I mean they must have been breaking bones all over the place um, just because the outcomes were disciplined I mean anyway in the documentary you see stuff with uh, Terry Funk who probably arguably in terms of lifespan and performance the greatest, I think. And I only know that through uh, Beyond the Mat. There's a bit at the very beginning of the documentary where it's, he's covered in blood because there's lots of wrestling federations that weren't glossy, that were to do with, like, let's make as much blood yeah. as possible, let's make it as kind of gruesome as possible. He's covered in blood and just... There was one video at the very beginning with, like, Terry Funk, who was, like, the, the king of modern wrestling, although you wouldn't know it if you would follow WWF. And he's just like, 
screaming forever, the word forever, uh, covered in blood, like forever. I mean, the performance is like, you'd have to see it to believe it. It's, it doesn't seem like he's acting at all. It feels like a kind of broken down man. Well, it seems like the rest of the film, but even more real. Uh, and then it goes on to people who had very authentic personas. It, you know, there's a lot about Jake the Snake. If you've seen the rest of the film, Beyond the Mat it is completely derivative of. That's what I was going back to. You know, Beyond the Mat is the best documentary on wrestling. Maybe it's not completely true, but then that, that works for any documentary. Um, it just thoroughly covers, you know, with Mick Foley. I, I don't think I was aware... Did, was you aware of Mankind when you were watching Yeah, him? I remember him. Wrestling? I don't think uh, I was. It was when I was branching out when I was getting into the, the WCW and he was there as Cactus Jack. So that's that's when I saw him. Cactus Jack. Yeah, and uh, he, he, his whole thing was just, he, he was just odd. And um, that was just like, and I didn't, didn't realise his real storytelling uh, yeah, potential. he had a, a sock yeah. as, a, as a gimmick. Yeah, he did. He, at one point, he was he had three personas in the WWE. He had a Mankind, he really? had Dude Love, and he had Mick Foley. And I think he even popped up as Cactus Jack a few times, but he was just doing these different personas. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and also, beyond the mat, if you, Mick Foley as a person, I mean, he's, he's probably only about 10 years older than us now but what if you watch that documentary it's on Netflix at the moment as well if anyone's anyone who would be interested in this would probably have seen it anyway but he was he's such a lovely man you see his whole family life yeah and he's very it makes you think about everyone's family life who is a wrestler and at that bit when um, he's like he, he, he family watch him versus the rock at Royal Rumble in a, a street match and just the disturbance of his kids watching it. It was a gen genuinely yeah, heartbreaking. I, mean, I feel there's a bit of doc documentary manipulation there. Nevertheless, justified. Mm. I mean, because he's like, oh. he says, oh, I thought I was a good father, but uh, now I don't think I'm such a good father, which I've never felt. And, you know, fair enough, there's a bit of manipulation. They filmed his... I, 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 I've got a daughter and I, I was... Yeah, I found it. I found it tough to watch. Um, and he's just such a sweet guy with the likes. When you see him as mankind, he, he, yeah, he's a really odd performer. I just love him. And also back to Jake the Snake Roberts stuff. His his stuff with his family, his daughter who's estranged from, and his actual life. His his father was a wrestler. I, don't know, I guess in the sixties. None of them come from like great beginnings no. in some way no and that's uh and terry terry funk you know you see him he's coming towards the end of his career this is 99 the documentary came out he went on to wrestle again he's yeah, a lot 2017 his last match was which is uh, uh beast. i mean he's already being told like there's a bit in the documentary it's like this cartilage on your knee has just been damaged too much and he's just looking yeah down. it's like and you've got Nine new hits. And he goes, and, and on this knee, and and that, if you um, do surgery on it now, you might be able to walk with not too much pain for the next few years. This is one knee they're talking about. The other knee, he goes, how long have I got on that one? He goes, I'm surprised you're walking around now. Yeah. And he's like, oof. And you see him limping around, but... And I see it. It's almost like they get so hyped up about things. That they just go beyond. It should be called beyond the pain. Really, it's just crazy the level of pain yeah, these wrestlers yeah, yeah. go through. Um, yeah, and it's acute pain. It's not like say a boxer who gets punch drunk, which is possibly more more damaging to mm. your life. But you know, you say that, but to go through with your joints all being screwed and and that's it. It's how many wrestlers I mean, do you think they put themselves through it? And the idea that me and you as kids were like. Yeah, we're going to do this. Like, there's nothing worse. I mean, you, we we would have been more uh, sensible thinking, let's become um, boxers, male models. <laughs> that would have made more yeah, sense. It really, it really would have done because I think the wrestling path is. Well, they maybe wouldn't if you would have seen it. Yeah, that, wrestling right? part was like, <laughs> yeah, what are you modelling for? Like, oh, fat kid catalogue. Uh, 
Yeah, that guy looking out the window like, I think that big guy wants to be a man. <laughs> like, they're practising catwalk moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He keeps moonwalking, but he doesn't do it and, right. uh, and the smaller ones tied his T-shirt up, so it's like a crop top. <laughs> the smaller one's mainly a commentator, but he does get slammed around a lot. He's just told his father he's doing it to him too. But I haven't seen him do it to him. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think he can pick that guy up. But me shouting up at the window like, I'm not a guy, I'm a kid also. Like, you're as big as a man. Oh, like, look at the little one of these pointy boobs. I have the mental capacity of my own age. <laughs> Like, what is it? 14. You look 45. Like, fair enough. <laughs> oh. But... I think he's really hurting that <laughs> He ran in holding his chin, and I think he did a simple wrestling move. <laughs> it was probably someone who was into wrestling, like, I've just been watching these kids, and I don't think you can do a clothesline in real life. <laughs> oh. But I'm going to keep watching because I think one of these is really going to hurt each other. <laughs> I can remember God getting a broom handle <laughs> and making a macho king uh, like scepter out of it. But you'll love this. On the top of the broom handle, I put <laughs> plasticine and formed like the jewel bit. I thought, mm, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> plasticine is good. <laughs> I was like, yeah, honestly. Glenn, Glenn, I'd like to point out, even before wrestling era, had a bit of a weird obsession with covering every toy he had in plastic. Or, or blue tack. Um, and I was pretty spoiled, but Glenn probably got more toys than anyone I've ever known in the universe. <laughs> and uh, I'd be like, mm, I like this new Defenders of the Earth figure you've got, Glenn. Come next week, he's like, yeah, I've covered him in plasticine. I'm like, Why? <laughs> Yeah, you're not a special effects person. Why are you getting, making all these molds? It's like, I just like to see them encompassed in plastic. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Actually, that had died out by the time WWF. Had, uh, it, it, it was a it was a bizarre thing, though. It's just um, it's like, and uh, when when he did murder the three people when he was older, he actually did it by suffocation by taping them up in plasticine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if this imagined guy watching us, like, that big guy's coming over, like, even though I was only 12. Like, uh, if you'd have seen us, like, because I genuinely remember, like, that, I mentioned it in the the part one of this, um, you playing the big boss man out your window. I genuinely think I came knocking on your door, like, what's that noise? <laughs> and you, like, kind of almost bopping at the door, like, got big boss man music, like, oh, my God. <laughs> I can still see the tape to this day and it was it was white with blue writing on and had the WWF logo in the bottom left and it told you on the tracks who was on there uh, and I remember Demolition yeah. were on there as well exciting did you get anything else with it? did you get a band? no I got, I, I got a cardboard pin up of the Ultimate Warrior and I got like this is your membership for the WWF and I got a letter from what? I think it was from the Ultimate Warrior uh, which was done in... <laughs> <laughs> Please to cease sending us letters, like, sign the ultimate warrior letter. <laughs> um, I got a letter from him, and what, what it was, it was just... It was, and I remember it was like the brush font you'd get on early computers. It was kind of written in that, and it was like, always stay a warrior, signed the ultimate warrior. It clearly wasn't his signature. Um, <laughs> and you sent one back, like, I'd throw the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm more of a fan of him. Um, and the, the other thing was, uh, yeah, with that, it was just some postcards as well. But it was bloody expensive. So, you know, hats off to my mum for doing it. Uh, because I got that and it was like, it was like I'd received a message from like the future or aliens. I was like, this has come from America. And there was a special magazine in it as well, which was, which yeah. had American ads in. And I remember one of them was like, Dusty Rhodes will be here on such and such a date. And Dusty Rhodes is like a wrestling legend. But I can, I, can, I can remember going, oh, wow, I wish I could be there. But it was like an auction place where they were selling off memorabilia. But it was like, Dusty Rhodes will be appearing here. Um, and I was... Oh, Dusty Rhodes. You know, I read about him. 
he was like he was an advisor yeah, he, he brought booker, up people he? like he discovered people uh, we both hated him I yeah think. we thought he's a fat man with stretch marks um but, yeah, but they weren't stretch marks. They were they were yeah. scars from doing like uh, extreme. Yeah, stuff. they were. Um, and what he was, he was a booker, and he would book matches. That was his other job. Yeah, and he did it. He did it for the WCW. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, I, I only know this from watching stuff today. And we, we, well, I always remember thinking, God, his face. Like, what's going on? Why is he so weird and fat? And he, he's actually what he was. It was <laughs> weird. And the top of his head was a scars. Um, yeah, I think at the time I. Yeah, because I remember thinking, oh, it's stretch marks, and then it was like, uh, which, 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 personally, as a teenager, I, I knew about too early. Like, why have I got these? <laughs> um, but I, he had them on his head. I was like, I can't believe he's that fat that he's got stretch marks on his head. Um, but in fact, they were because he wear like I don't know, a crown of um, barbed wire. Things. Yeah, he was the first one to be in like barbed wire matches, and you know, he definitely would have been the same as like. I think he was a writer as well. He discovered Sid Vicious and he brought up, uh, I think he even, he might have discovered Big Boss Man. Yeah, he was apparently like a head full of knowledge, absolute head full of knowledge with wrestling. Um, and Vince McMahon yeah. kind of liked having him around because he was one of the guys who was uh, like, oh, this is what we used to do in the old days. So, so he'd actually give it. But yeah, you know, like barbed wire match, like Terry Funk versus Dusty Rhodes. What was that in? What, what, what that federation? Was, it looked was like they'd done it in their back garden, but uh, they did it in their back no, garden. No, it's just it's Major League Wrestling. That's what it was in. Right. So, like, this is Major League Wrestling, and that's the other thing I, I can remember in the the big wrestling boom, um, like Eurosport, which was also on Sky, picked up um, USWA wrestling. And that had things like barbed wire matches. And that had, like, the Von Erichs, who Kerry Von Erich ended up in the WWF. But that had all of his brothers in there as well. And they were wrestling. But right. And it had uh, another guy called Jeff Gaylord, who was a very good wrestler. And I'm sure Terry Funk was in there as Pardon? well. Pardon? What was his name? Uh, Jeff Gaylord. Uh, oh. He was, like, their, their Hulk Hogan kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Interesting name though. At the time. Yeah, um, yeah. He was, he was. They they're like uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, but they had the extreme stuff in there. That's the first. And he was called Jeff. He was, Gaylord. <laughs> he was a wrestler called Jeff Gaylord. He's quite quite famous. All right. Um, he was like their, their champion at the time, um, and they had the extreme stuff. So the people who worked at that wrestling federation, like, what were we going to call? I think it? I think that was his actual name. Yeah. 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 What uh, is like. What's your name? Like, we're going to give you a wrestling name. Like, well, my name's Jeff Gaylord. Like, we'll go with that. <laughs> you know, I just checked. His name is actually Jeff Gaylord. Um, but he was... Fair yeah, enough. He, he was in uh, the USWA. And uh, that was on Eurosport. And it was excellent wrestling, but it didn't have the polish. It was all about the wrestling. And I, I, I'm convinced now... I was, yeah, probably would have. I was more attracted if, if I'd have known. To. Yeah, I was more attracted to the. This isn't as polished as WWF, therefore WWF is better. Yeah, I probably had the same thing. I was torn between two camps. Mm. It's like a bit like when we were younger, and uh, I think I, you know, like being into the Rocky films, but not liking the first one because it was too real. Yeah. But just looking him up again, apparently. Um, yeah, he he was arrested twice for bank robberies. So, um, yeah, that Jeff Gaylord—that's what he ended up doing—is robbing banks. Jeez, you make it sound like a career choice. <laughs> like, I think I might do robbing banks instead now. Um, but that, that's the thing—is you, you do hear about a lot of wrestlers, uh, and that's what we're, we want to talk about really. On that, it's just kind of look at Jake the Snake. He went from never really getting a title push. And if anyone deserved to be at least like Intercontinental Champion, it would have been him. But he never really got the push he deserved. He never got that, no, did he? No, he didn't. Um, it's funny that he never even had... All he wanted was to be a writer on it. Yeah, really. he'd had that dangled over his head. Um, yeah. But he never got there. And I, I can remember, actually, and of all places, Clacton-on-Sea... And uh, oh, yeah, he, he actually wrestled a match there, and I didn't get to go because I didn't know about it. But a guy I worked with actually watched him wrestle, and he was so, bless him, out of it 
that he just pinned the bloke and didn't go along with like what was supposed to happen. He just literally just jumped on this man and pinned him. Um, what, as soon as yeah, he got he in the ring? Like, oh, just like stumbling around. He said it was clear he was drunk or something. He was just stumbling around. Pinned the guy and then and then they said they fired him in front of everyone. It's like, you're finished, get out of here. Um, and he was just like, I just felt that kind of broke my heart. Seems weird, yeah. doesn't it? Like, <laughs> in wrestling, we do all our business in the... Yeah. In the ring. <laughs> it's the <laughs> thing that was weird. It's like, make sure you fire him in front of everyone. Like, what? In front of everyone. <laughs> like, what? That's technically more difficult. Like, no, no, I want you to get all the paperwork out. And, uh... <laughs> like, stamping, like, sign here. Also, I want you to hire new staff for the secretaries <laughs> in the ring and do all the interviews there. Like, wrestling's all about show. Like,. <laughs> So we know, we, but here's the other interesting thing, actually, is uh, Beyond the Mat, is uh, Vince McMahon, apparently they, they were promoting it, and then they had a sudden change of heart about it after watching it. Yeah, yeah, I've read about it. Yeah, that. and uh, that, that's interesting, because I don't, I don't think it actually cast the WWF in that bad a light. It was more about the... Well, I don't know, watching it this second time, I remember thinking, you know, it's clearly... A business of some sort. I don't even think Vincent McMahon comes off as bad as probably he is. Like, no, I don't think he does. I think... He's... I guess it came, it's 99, and although people know that the there was that thing, you know, where it's like, it's not fake, which, which to some degree it isn't. Well, to a lot of degrees in terms of the physical stuff. It's just the outcomes. It's a bit like saying, I'm not going to watch Raging Bull. It's too fake. Like, they're pretending to be yeah. boxers or whatever. You know, it's... But maybe it came at that wrong time where it wasn't quite. I think people will understand that now. Yeah, it's. I think Beyond the Mat actually did a lot of good for people to realise. Uh, you know, I'm loath to even call film, uh, you know, an art form, but like the, the, the form of entertainment that it is, um, that, that that documentary contextualised that. You know, it showed you, you know, certainly three wrestlers and. And what is interesting about them, you know, certainly Terry Funk, uh, Mick Foley and uh, Jake the Snake anyway. Um, yeah, I don't think it showed them in a bad light no, at all. No, I don't. Even so. some people who came across quite badly, there's a guy, even if it was trying to do a hatchet job on people, I don't think it did. Even with the Vince McMahon saying, you're going to be called puke, it's like, well, why wouldn't they try and... It's all about entertainment. You can't just have someone go in there and be... It's not... Um, Greco world wrestling, it's you know, why did it become WWE? Do you know? Yeah, they, they got sued by the that, apart from it being WWF being the world, yeah, that's, that's uh, exactly why they, they originally it was it was just an agreement and there wasn't a conflict of interest. Um, there wasn't a conflict of interest, uh, but then they, they said it would be a conflict of interest, so they changed it to WWE to avoid confusion. Um, right, right, right. Yeah, was that simple? But I, I don't think anyone watching WWF would expect a panda to be wrestling. I mean, it's you know, it's a bit of a push, but uh, oh. how you'd actually, panda. yeah, it's like, oh, the panda's pulled the chair out and it's slammed. But in saying that, you did at one point have a turkey wrestling. Do you remember that Survivor Series? It was like Thanksgiving turkey dancing in a ring, and then he turned into a wrestler. No, I don't remember that. I saw a thing with, uh, this is completely off subject, where the egg cracking and the chicken came out and uh, they thought Undertaker was going to come out of that. And I remember watching it and you being like, the Undertaker's <laughs> going to come out of here. And it was just like a guy in a chicken suit. That was, was it. Like, it was that guy and he became a wrestler. And whether he eventually unmasked, I believe from memory, and I might be through the haze of age, I believe he turned into Doink the Clown when he took the suit off. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, do you know what? I'd never heard of Doink the Clown until recently when I've been watching all these documentaries. What was his... Do you know anything uh, about him? I, I know he was played by four different people at one point. Um, yeah, it was absolutely crazy. At the same point. Yeah, same just way. like... And they did actually do a story. We had a little clown called Diddy the Clown, I think. Or Dink the Clown, that was it. And he was like a, a, a person of smaller stature. I don't know what the technical term is. Dwarf? It was a dwarf wrestler. You know, I think that is the right term you can use. Um, it, <laughs> I just thought, uh, no, no, it's a I, little person wrestler. Is it? I think. Is it? That's, that sounds even worse. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess yeah, it, it does. does to me. 
I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, basically, it, it, it doesn't matter how it sounds. It's just a matter of what is the right yeah, thing to say. Yeah, but that's it. It's um, he was basically a smaller wrestler, and he was his little mate. Um, and that was. The... <laughs> <laughs> I think you undid it there. Like he was a smaller wrestler. Good. And he was just his little mate. Like, no, you can't say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, no, no. It's really hard to talk about wrestling without uh, tripping over a political Yeah, that's it, because, because it's it. so ham-fisted with how it does it. Um, I'm like, why are they depicting Undertakers like that? Yeah, that's, that's it. Got... I, bet all, I bet all Undertakers watch wrestling and be like, I quite like that depiction. <laughs> I like that. People will leave us alone. Like... People think I'm really hard and tall. <laughs> so yeah, like, <laughs> look at the bags under his eyes. Um, <laughs> I think that's just makeup. Like, shut up, you. <laughs> like, get out, get out of here. I, I like him looking tired. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, you had him, and he turned to Doink the Clown, which became a whole other thing. Um, it's, it's it's just weird, isn't it? It's, it's very actually. Do you know what it is? You can actually say it's very comparable to comic books and comic book films as well. In the fact that it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I was thinking about that and how <clears throat> it must have risen off the back of comic book uh, comic book boom. Um, just the physiques, the selling of the archetypes of each person. You could almost say that the modern thing of like Avengers, like we've got everyone and we've got everyone in the same film is a bit like a, it's almost like a Royal Rumble. Yeah, it was. It would almost be like, um, you know, Look at Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior. It's Batman v Superman. Um, it's yeah. Just like, Who's Superman? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, well Hulk Hogan's <laughs> like... I'm actually the Hulk. Like, the Hulk. It's like, are you, though? Oh, do you know what I've read today? I, yeah, go on. This is a real jump in. I was watching a thing today, and I guess I've always considered it, and when Hulk... It was about um, a documentary about uh, Hulk Hogan when he was established, and it went from 83, I guess, after... Actually, after Rocky Three, yeah. I guess WWF had established then, but not in the same degree as it was mm. know, five or six years later. And that in the first 15 years of Hulk Hogan's reign, mm. from 83 to 93, that Marvel took 0.9% of the profits of him using Hulk in his name. They had an agreement. So that yeah. Marvel would have got a lot of money in that. Yeah, time. see, I remember this. Just from using Hulk, because they had an agreement, like, can we use Hulk? Because he was in called the Incredible Hulk Hogan for a year or two. I remember this, because I can remember at the end of... I used to sit and watch the credits of wrestling at the end, and it'd say, copyright, Titan Sports. <laughs> like, who was the first man on this? <laughs> it'd say, copyright, Titan Sports. Like, that's an interesting gaffer. And then it'd say, else in the copyright, <laughs> it was... Uh, Hulk, copyright, Marvel, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, it would hell. actually say that. Um, but do you know what? I never, I never put the two together. I went, <laughs> I'm going to sit through the credits of WrestleMania. Like, I've been bored since match two. <laughs> Lee's sitting there smoking and looking cool. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I can't believe I watched the whole 20 minutes of the Rockers. <laughs> like, look, at, look at their arm tassels. I hear they're second hand. Um, <laughs> and you know you got Shawn Michaels who's like look at him he's blonde and surfer like a little fat Marty Jannetty running down with him like I'm ready too little fat Marty Jannetty I remember thinking like Marty Jannetty's 15 stone so am I <laughs> mind you he was like a 27 year old man and I was like 11 like <laughs> oh yeah and it's, uh, yeah. I mean he had a, a sad career afterwards he would have been a good subject. I guess we'll have that. to do a whole separate podcast on the Bushwhackers. <laughs> yeah. It's like Luke and Butch Bushwhacker. Like, what's their gimmick? They wave their arms around. They were all character and no wrestling. Yeah, God, they, they were awful, weren't they? Um, well, I, you know, I always felt a bit like, now watching subsequent stuff beyond the mat, etc., I'm like, well, you're as good a wrestler as uh, you're allowed to be. Yeah, th Apart from, say, you know, Bret Hart, etc. Yeah, that's it. He's uh, we're maybe a bit too into it. I mean, he took his craft very seriously. Oh, he's always too good. Yeah, but um, you know, it's like I said, not not to disparage wrestling, but it's like I'm a ten-time wrestling champion. It's like, yeah, but that's that's scripted. And uh, this is the other thing I want to cover is the realism of wrestling versus. Would you say wrestling's fake 
Or would you say it's just a predetermined result that everything else is interpreted up until that result? Hmm, they sound like the same thing. No, to I'm not going to say fake. It's like whether it's fake or not. I mean, or what is it? I mean, it's not sport, but it's not no, fake. No, it's, it's not fake. They obviously hurt. The mo- those moves do hurt. And, you know, Louis Theroux went into a. What constitutes fake? I mean, I, like... def- I say it definitely hurts some of those moves. Your body does take a toll on it just for a. Oh. I don't think there's any debate. And I think people, I guess, it's like anything. The confusion of like, I remember this is a separate issue, although connected, where someone I knew said, uh, and I, and I've, I subsequently, especially with the outpouring of Netflix mm. documentaries, that I think it depends on the context of what you're saying a thing is. So <clears throat> in a sense, um, you know, because I've, been an actor in things and all you're trying to do when you're being an actor in things is trying to be as realistic as possible yet if you do a documentary about something you often find out oh it's not quite how the documentary presented it let's say come dine with me technically a documentary although it would be entertainment that would be very heavily doctored in terms of like what you see you know when people are going around each other's house that they're undoubtedly told you know uh look for things in their room that you can take the mickey out Mm. so in a sense, some documentaries, under the guise of being, quotation marks, real, are actually fiddled with more than if you're doing a fictional film where you're trying to be as realistic as possible. Like, oh, try and find something real, try and have real interactions with each other. Documentaries can often be the opposite. You know, let's pretend you're in your kitchen making a meal, as, you know, some cookery programme might do, or... So with with wrestling, um, because they act as if it's real, you feel like people, well, certainly as me as a teenager, was like, oh, I'm being conned. This isn't actually realistic. You know, you forget about the fact that they're doing all these amazing stunts. You don't see it as the pure entertainment and you judge it on being real, which seems ridiculous. You know, you would never kind of watch... uh, some horror film be like, yeah, it's quite good, but I just don't believe it's real because it's not pretending to be. Yeah. It's... As soon as it's all to do with context. And I think wrestling's context confuses people. People think, oh, it's pretending to be real. Is it, is it real or not? Like, well, the things they're doing are real. If you're jumping off a top turnbuckle onto someone, you know, it's essentially a weird mix of pantomime, stunt, uh, acting, showmanship. It's not the same as sport. No, it's it's definitely not the same as sport. It's a uh, like you say, it's a glorified, uh, a glorified pantomime is what it is, uh, but a very very skilled one. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that probably even sells it short. It's hard. It is what it yeah, is. Yeah, I think Darren Darren Aronofsky, director of the uh, wrestler, he compares the wrestler to a sister companion piece to uh, Black Swan. He said they're both about intense performances, um, and he, he sees them as uh, cousins almost. In and he is right. They are actually very theatrical, and it's all about stagecraft. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, when you actually look at it from that. You know, not to be too pretentious, but, you know, unlike Darren Aronofsky in that context. But, you know, although I have to say the wrestler just borrowed too much from Beyond the Mat for mm. me. Um, but, you know, you could compare it to ballet more than you could compare it to boxing. But that's not to say that you're not an athlete. It's, I do... I, I wouldn't deny that wrestlers are athletes. Of course not. Um, you know, but most boxers don't have to pretend to be good actors. You know, there's a boxing match, which I'm looking forward to in the next couple of months. Uh, real great contenders, Daniel Dubois, James, uh, James Joyce. <laughs> Daniel Dubois be James Joyce. <laughs> Literary giant comes back from the dead to fight heavyweight boxer. No, um, uh, I can't remember his first name now. Joyce. Uh, is it Joe Joyce? Joe Joyce, of course. Uh, Joe Joyce v. Daniel Dubois, up-and-coming heavyweights. And on camera, when they talk, um, neither of them are great orators. Um, nevertheless, it's a, it's a fascinating fight. It's irrelevant how they are uh, as entertainers, as talkers, because boxing is a sport. So... Similarly, you know, 
Federer has been one of the most entertaining sportsmen I've ever seen in Mm. tennis. He's not necessarily great at speaking. Wrestling is the opposite of that. You need to have both. Although the payoff for that is that it's not a real sport in terms of winners and losers. Yeah, that's that's Um, it. uh, So it's somewhere in between. Beyond the Mat really put that in context for me. It was like, oh God, they're especially the Mick Foley stuff. Yeah, people like to pigeonhole stuff, as I did. I remember watching WWF and thinking, oh, I like goodies and baddies. I like the gloss of this. I don't like it when it's the sheen is taken off that. Um, you like things to be set. Uh, it's like, you know, when we were first getting into video games also, it's like um, you almost... Uh, liked a console or a game based on how it looked yeah and that, that's it it's just driving it as the aesthetics like you know talking back to harping back to comic books is um like i've got a few people like they're obsessed with how the the costumes look in the films and uh it's like yeah but the costume's not accurate does that really matter like, like yeah it has to be the right costume yeah yeah but yeah and even now i have this thing with like you know i used to love batman i'm you know, comic book films for me are dead slightly saying that. I enjoyed Joker and I've enjoyed lots of them, but maybe the, maybe the, the um, what's it called? The market of films is just too flooded with it for me to enjoy mm. anymore. I guess when anything becomes too ubiquitous, it becomes, uh, you feel like it's draining the rest of stuff. Um, but the new Batman looks interesting to me and people are like, oh, but you know, think that you know say robert patterson's gonna make him look like this you know but it's the reason i've liked the trailer of it is because the aesthetics of it and it's you know when it comes to something like superheroes or wrestling um that is a key factor Mm. yeah i think so you can't take away you can't have one without the other it's the same as like uh anything films comics you know i really enjoyed this comic just because of the dialogue you can't really have that or there are mediums where you can like one factor more than the other, but um, certainly with wrestling, you know, the aesthetic value of what they look like, and maybe rightly so, is to do with how it's performed, how it's even filmed, yeah. you know. Um, it's interesting how much that changed in the period we didn't start, well, certainly I fell away from it. I never saw any Steve Austin, any Rock, you know, and I quite like The Rock. Uh, I probably dismissed him when I knew he was a WWF wrestler initially, um, because I'm like, oh, you, you, there's, there's a crossover you won't allow. Those crossovers crossovers happen all the time now in different media. Yeah, cool. yeah of course they do. You it's, um, it, it likes... Similarly, it's not jarring to have someone like, oh, there's someone who's got a, a new show on BBC, like a mini-series, and they're also in a film coming out in the cinema. Mm. You know, 20 years ago, you'd be like, well, if you're in a miniseries on BBC, you cannot be in a film on TV. There wasn't crossover in that way. It's probably better that, it, it, that it's not the same as it was. But, you know, that's getting off the point of uh, wrestling when we enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, it seems to me like it became generic uh, wrestling, but I, I bet that's naive of me. There were probably things going on that were making it entertaining that I just wasn't interested in. I think I think that's it. It's um, I'm not <clears> sure why I stopped watching it, but I I, I, I think it's a, a thing I've told myself now that I replaced it with boxing, um, which was yeah, it must have come around the same yeah, time. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think it was a. Uh, and yet, even with boxing, all we talk about is their physique. <laughs> that's it. No, I'm still like, mm, look at, look. Um, although you still yeah, do. I do. It's like actually no, we both yeah, it's do. Like, mm, look how big he is. But you sent me a video the other day, like, Tyson looks good. I'm like, what's that going to do with anything? He's 52. 57, I think. Um, well, whatever he is. I mean, what's that got to do yeah, with just... how good they're going to fight? It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Look at Andy Ruiz beating Anthony Joshua. I mean, his physique is not the right thing. So why did he win? It's like, better physique, I guess. Like, he's, he's was worse. We're drifting, we're, we're drifting off into boxing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's... But I, take, I was watching uh, some Undertaker stuff when I was doing watching stuff for this mm. and his physique was really <laughs> his physique was really interesting <laughs> like, mm, he's tall he's tall and he's got the v-shape yeah it was like um when when you think about it it was like um 
They they did. I remember you talking about Bret Hart's pigeon chest. I'm like, who are we to talk? <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. We we had chests like um, Marilyn Monroe, and we we're like judging these like. Yeah, athletes. it was like, look at him, how small he is in stamina and uh, physique. I think we used to talk about. I remember when we were doing wrestling. Like, I think I'll be built like him when I'm a wrestler. Yeah, whereas. And in fact, we were both sitting there like little earthquakes. Yeah, that was it. And in fact, we it was little earthquakes and. Uh... <clears throat> we, we, we wouldn't think anything of sitting on top of some bottle banks, which are plastic places where you dump bottles, eating uh, our Chinese takeaways for Saturday mornings. Where um, Yeah, like, I can't wait to be a wrestler. Like, pass me from some more... Yeah. And it, um, Szechuan beef. Yeah, and it was clear. the fact that, you know, we actually kept... He actually opened up his shop for us, because uh, that was it. We were spending, like, a tenner in there each, and then going off gorging on it. Yeah, I used to... Yeah. Yeah. He still works there. Just... Yeah, we had a... But the shops where we... The same place where we used to get our WWF magazines. A um, Chinese restaurant opened there. Or Cantonese, should I say. Probably in the time we were going over there, we used to get chips from the fish and chip shop. And we... Pretty much on a Saturday morning, I think they meant to open at 12, and we'd be there, fat, fat face pressed against the glass. Like, like, oh, can you open a bit earlier? God, how pathetic. That used to be the video shop. Yeah, place, and it was, it was it was pretty bizarre. Just, uh, yeah, just a, complete delusions of kids because uh, I was convinced I was going to be a wrestler. Uh, and I can remember I can remember a boy at school telling... We had to be convinced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Glenn, what are you going to be? I think I know, like, imagining himself as Bret Hart. Yeah, that's it. It's, uh, it's just like, oh, it's just dream wrestling you. Um <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is so I remember a boy like, "Oh, Glenn wants to be a wrestler," and I'm like, "Too right, I do." But I just presumed you'd get muscly. <laughs> so I was just like, "Yeah, we'll just, we'll just get muscly at some point, I guess." Well, imagine someone who's like seen this. Maybe they've put a search in one of the podcast things. Like, I wonder if there's anything new anyone's talked about. Any new podcast about wrestling? And they're like, "I'm going to jump to the end to see what kind of conclusions they have." Like, they just talked about buying Chinese from a local <laughs> shop. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Yeah, we, we must... Actually, do you know what? I'd love to do an episode. Yeah, yeah, we're near the end. To wrap up, we both enjoyed wrestling. And I enjoyed takeaways from a Chinese that was run by a man called <laughs> Nick who told us Beetlejuice came out in I enjoyed wrestling from 1989 to 1992, and after that, I don't care, and I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> Similarly, I liked Batman from 89 to 92, and the rest of it, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's like quite all the extensive work. That'd be a good it podcast. I enjoyed these things from these year brackets, and I don't care about anything else. And, I, and just to be clear, I find um, Christian Bale's facial expressions of Bruce Wayne annoying at best. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to. Yeah, you're like, I'm not joining in with that. <laughs> you're not getting him on here for an interview. Yeah, he's like, what's soon, wrong with my performance? I'm like, you keep doing this shocked look with Michael Caine, and I just find it really annoying. Cut to Christian Bale, like, nodding, like, I'm really enjoying this podcast about wrestling. They've really... Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought I did a good Bruce Wayne. This guy's critiquing me, but I'm critically acclaimed as him. He's like, I prefer the other guy because he didn't mention anything. (laughs) He wouldn't join in. Um, Yeah, so uh, that's my wrap-up on uh, wrestling. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. <laughs> I wonder if we could consider this a factual documentary. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 a something, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you couldn't you couldn't go wrong with uh, what what we actually <clears throat> discussed, and that was uh, two fat kids from the early nineties talking about wrestling that grew into uh, men who sorted themselves out. Are still wise, fat, but two fat men <laughs> still indulge in <laughs> snacks that leave them. I wouldn't say out of shape, but definitely uh, you could probably lose a few pounds. Not you, me as well. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was really good. I was really hating that uh, thing about WWF because all they talked about was Chinese food. <laughs> and then there was a good bit at the end where they argued about their relative weights now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, for the record, when I put weight on, I get little pointy man boobs. <laughs> For the record, I'm not going to divulge how my weight lifts. Just, just say, I get a couple of saddlebags. 
That someone's like puking up their dinner. Like, I can't believe I'm <laughs> these two. Like, I was enjoying this two-hour expose on WWF until they got <laughs> to this bit. Yeah, like spitting out their dinner, like spitting out their shepherd's pie. Like I preferred the Springfield Jack one yeah, to this. This is disgusting. Um, but yeah, no. So I am going to wrap it up there. But um, for this week, I have been Glenn. I'm Liam. I'm not going to go say I have been. <laughs> I am Liam. It's uh, a good point, actually. I am Glenn. It's not a character. I'm not a wrestler. <laughs> I have been the Masked Avenger. And uh, I have been um, Swaddles. <laughs> I have been glib about wrestling. <laughs> uh, but we will uh, talk to you on the next episode. Take care. Bye.